Welcome to Productivity Mastery. Stoy here, a productivity and performance coach on a mission to help businesses and people get the most out of their time. On this podcast, I'll bring you exceptional performers and together unlock what it takes to perform at your highest level. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Pleasure having here Eva Dimitrova, originally from Bulgaria. But behold, don't worry, we're not going to be speaking Bulgarian today. We'll speak completely in English. So if you're watching from the UK, Somalia, United States or Germany, you'll have a chance to follow the conversation. And not only that, but actually also ask a question, this uh, inspiring young lady. And uh, we'll try to get as many questions as we can. Eva is somebody who, who threw away her corporate career, so to say, in order to follow her passion, namely to help early stage companies, startups uh, to, to grow faster, to shorten time to profitability as a, as a company, as a startup. So uh, she's, a, she's a very inspiring consultant who's done a lot of a lot of things in um, her life so far so i'm i can't wait uh to to have a chance now to to try to extract from her wisdom and hopefully we also have a, a little bit of fun she seems like somebody that doesn't like to take herself uh, very serious which is always good so welcome to the show eva how are you doing today Thank you very much, Stoyan. I'm doing great. It's such an honor when I read the description of your podcast that you're inviting A-level people. I was like, whoa, <laughs> I'm really I'm really honored to be here. Uh, and I'm so happy that uh, we can have this conversation. Um, I'm great. I just uh, can't wait to see where this is going to take us. Yeah, me too. Super, super excited. So why don't you, why don't you actually share your story so the people who are tuning in right now can can hear more about where do you come from how did you end up in germany and why do you do what you do at this very moment so uh as you said i'm born and raised in bulgaria um and then a couple of years ago i moved to germany and this was not planned at all because i also didn't speak the language so uh, i was here for one month but then I guess the people like me and my work so much that they said, hey, please, can you stay a little bit longer? And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and then this one month turned into now almost four years. Um, about me, I, I was always driven by um, learning things and executing on them and, and trying to kind of expand my knowledge and my skills as much as possible. Uh, and this started when I was young and when I, when I did sports, so I did volleyball, um, I did karate, um, mountain biking, uh, and then moved into, um, into startups, which is an area where you have to learn every day. Uh, you have to uh, always get better and, and always um, innovate. So I really, really loved that as soon as I, I uh, started my first job in a startup. Uh, and then I decided I want to do that as well, full time uh, as a founder. I think I want to contribute to the world. Started a startup. Uh, and started another. 
and then I felt it again. And um, then I came to Germany and um, did consulting for companies like Vodafone, like Google, IBM. So I saw the other part, the other side of the coin, you know, start the corporate. Um, and of course, it's it's a it's a nice, safe environment. Uh, but uh, I think I'm always driven towards this. Um, uh, let's let's do something really cool and, and let's uh, try to bring as much value as we can as we as we can for the time that we have. So that's why I'm here, um, basically consulting startups right now because um, I decided let's pause it with starting a new startup. Let's do a little bit of work, maybe gather a bit more experience, uh, and then if we find the right person, I'm gonna go on. But yeah, this is me. Quite, quite exciting. Uh, what what drives you to wake up in the morning? Actually, do this purposeful work, helping startups to grow. I really, um, whenever uh, I have a struggle with something, I'm imagining I'm 80, and I'm thinking when I look back, uh, you know, what is the choice I would have liked me to to have done? Uh, and and this is so easy then to decide. Uh, I just really don't like wasting my time. So. Um, you know, if I can do something in, in five minutes and not in one hour, I'm going to do it in five minutes. Uh, and actually, this is one of the reasons why when I was a kid um, and, you know, you're walking to school with your backpack and you're passing some buildings where maybe your schoolmates live um, and they would always say, ah, I see someone walking really fast. I know who that is. This is Eva. Uh, you know, this cannot be anyone else. So, yeah, I just really like to be um not to waste my time the time is the most precious thing we have and thus the topic of today how to shorten time to profitability as a startup eva doesn't like to wait she doesn't she doesn't <laughs> like to waste time so let's let's get to the point uh and hopefully we have some some founders some entrepreneurs who are joining so guys make sure to post your question as a comment on linkedin on facebook or if you're listening to the podcast and we'll try to take some questions. But my first question to Eva is, what do you think are some of the challenges early stage founders, especially first time founders, are making? Like, what are some of the main mistakes or, or challenges that you see in, in early stage founders? I think very often they have an idea about something like I did. Uh, and then they go and they, they try to implement uh, and, and try to um, kind of delve into what it's going to be and how it's going to look like and why it's the best, uh, which on one side is great as, soon, as long as you can do it in, in, a, in a few weeks and then you can take it to customers and prove that it's working or not. But on the other hand, it might really be a very um, time consuming because you close yourself up for uh, exploring if you're... Um, your, if your understanding is correct, uh, if your assumptions are correct, if you're not missing out on something. And very often, especially when you do it for the first time, uh, you cannot know everything. Uh, you, you just um, miss on things and, and you should really rather uh, listen to uh, what your customer is saying or ask people with more experience and um, or who have done something like that before. So I think the mistake that uh, first stage, uh, first time founders do is they fall in love with their solution instead of falling in love with the problem they're trying to solve. Yeah. Talk to me about this. I think I think it's such an important point. I had to learn it myself the hard way, like uh, 
the first time I started my business, having this very romantic look at how things should be. And and definitely we have the idea in the product that everybody wants. Of course, they want to buy it, um, <laughs> which many people I think go through. So talk to me, what practically does it mean? Listen to your customers. Could you share some maybe strategies and practical ideas? What does it mean and how can we do it as, as early stage founders? Absolutely. The easiest way, go on Twitter, go on Reddit, uh, just uh, dive into whatever people are posting, uh, whatever they're complaining about. Are they using, are they complaining about the same thing you're trying to fix? Try to try to find real proof out there on the social media. Uh, if you don't want to talk face, uh, face in face with people, but try to find real proof that people actually struggle with this. This is a problem. Uh, this is the easiest way you can do it. Um, if you're into tech startups, go on Hacker News. Uh, if you're, I don't know, into uh, knitting or, or some other type of problem that you're trying to solve, go on Etsy. You know, there are a lot of spaces online that um, you can just go read and, and really see what people are actually saying for a given problem. So in other words, what you're saying is find the most effective find the easiest way to go and, and stress test uh, your yeah. idea. Uh, be it if you have like a tech product or something that, you know, like a digital product, you can go online, you can already start seeing what people are talking about and do they actually have this a problem that you want to solve? Exactly. And, and I guess uh, the second part of it um, is actually asking customers, asking people in your potential target group, you know. Yeah, um, but you know, asking is harder. So that's why I'm suggesting there are people out there who already post about their problems. Uh, so you can simply go there and read it. Uh, you don't have to be the first one to ask because some people are ready to tell you. Um, just go and find them and, and find those places in those groups, maybe on Facebook, uh, maybe a subreddit uh, or on Twitter, a hashtag or something. And just read what people say. Try to understand them. And then see how that fits with your idea and your solution. And if you have to change something about it. It's really interesting when doing the, the research for our, for our upcoming book, which is basically about performance in startups. We, we looked on a lot of examples of uh, successful founders and uh, most of them either shared as a lesson that you need to really fast stress test or we need to uh, you know validate that the product is there there's uh, you know the target is uh, is really needing this they either have done it or they haven't done it and they wish they have done it uh, yeah. for example there's a bulgarian founder uh co-founder of um, a company called lean plum mm -hmm. yeah i know them yeah so you probably you probably know that i think what they did the beginning was uh, they went to a conference and they kind of separated the conference. They they were planning on selling the product to, as I remember, developers. Mm -hmm. And um, and so they did go to this um, tech conference full of developers. And uh, each of them had to talk to 150, I think, developers. <laughs> wow. For this two or three days. And yeah. They talked to 300 people. And then they came home and they were like, okay, this is not something we sell to developers. Uh, this is to be sold to, I think, to the project manager or something else. Mm -hmm. We need to we need to pivot. We need to do some adaptations. Yeah. But the fact that they did it so quick, 
and they have enough of a sample to say, hey, this is this is not what they're interested in. Um, you know, it, it gave them so much. And I think there's so much early stage founders that are so, as you said, in love with their product mm. that they, you know, they, they just kind of spend so much time on building something without knowing if the market actually wanted it. Yeah, I mean, it is very, very common. And usually you figure it out later when you've already spent the hours, when you've already spent your savings and you try to do something and it didn't work out. And then you start to ask those questions uh, and it might be too late. Uh, so the sooner you start doing this, the better. Um, so I, I definitely recommend talking to customers. But then, as you said, when you figure out, okay, our product is not good for this group of people, uh, it means it might be good for, it doesn't mean it's not good at all. Uh, it just means there is another group of people that we need to target uh, and maybe slightly, you know, differentiate and maybe slightly create some um, kind of alterations to the product, but it doesn't make the product bad. It just makes that the way it's presented, the way it's targeted, the way it's positioned, it's not good. And there's a very interesting story about bubble foil, you know, the one that you wrap things around uh, so that they don't break. Uh, so bubble foil was originally um, created uh, as a wallpaper that you put on your wall, you know, and uh, it obviously didn't work out. But then someone had the brilliant idea that uh, those bubbles can protect their goods when they travel. So this is how they found the use case uh, by accident. Um, so this is a proof that it's not the product that was not good or not doing a good job, but the way it was targeted, it was not working out. So you you have to keep looking, you have to keep asking those questions. Yeah, I think I think many times founders come and they say, when should I start selling my product? Um, mm. and I mean, honestly, from all my experience, from you know talking to so many founders and mentoring and coaching founders, um, day one. You want to start talking about your product. I don't know if selling is the right word. You might be asking for feedback, but you don't really need to have a working prototype. You know, you can yeah. you can already already today have some idea and just talk to some of the people that you know and just you know it, it's it's a never ending game. And and I'm actually curious to hear the title of today's show is called "How to Shorten Time to Profitability." So I'm curious to hear some of the strategies and ideas you'd like to share with our audience uh, with that respect. Yeah, well, you know, when you say profitability, it can be uh, operational profitability. So you can save it uh, by uh, taking care of your operational things and being more productive. Or you can you can uh, make uh, your company more profitable by simply strategically deciding to focus on a different niche on different uh, target audience. So my, my cho choice where I operate and why I think I can make a difference is uh, exactly the strategical approach. Um, and I've developed for the last year, the system, I call it connecting the dots. Um, it's, it's coming from this game, connect the dots. You know, you have a, a white sheet of paper with a lot of dots and you have to connect them. And then at the end you have a picture, but you don't know the picture until you connect the dots. And it's very interesting because you can see, you, you can see, you know, there is a picture there, but you cannot understand it. Um, so my idea was there are dots and they can be connected. And let's see what is the best, what is the fastest way to connect them that it's gonna make sense, that it's gonna drive the company to success. Uh, because as you know, 
95 of uh, 95 percent of the startups fail um and that means there's a lot of companies who might you know this is going to be beneficial for them understanding how to uh navigate their market how to find the, the right customer to target how to position and talk to them so that it makes them a must-have solution so yeah this is uh this is what i mean when i say uh shorten time to profitability just find the most the fastest way to connect those dots that are going to determine everything else about your company mm -hmm. what, what do you feel are the most important like let's say somebody is starting a like a company today what do you feel are the most important or some of the most important areas that they should pay attention on? Maybe in a way, some of those that are underappreciated sometimes. Yeah, I, I nailed it down to four. Um, it's the markets and how, who do you compete with and how exactly do you compete with? So not only what features you have, but also how well you perform on each feature. Uh, then the second one is uh, the positioning how you position yourself, which more, it's more like a um, combination of different things. Uh, then the third one is the customer. So who do you target, which is a big market that also has a big interest and a big need that you can solve with, with whatever you have to offer with your skills. So who do you target? And then based on that, you decide how to write the messages, how to do the marketing, what words to use, you know, what vocabulary. Um, I was listening to a podcast today and they were saying, uh, you know, a doctor has a patient, uh, a consultant has a client, uh, a store has a customer. So it's all businesses and it's all people who pay for something, but they're called differently. And, and that's a, when, you, when you're a doctor and when you read about a customer, that's not going to grab your attention because you don't have customers. That's not how you call them. So the last part is about uh, how, how do you talk and, and what do you say and why do you say it? And to really connect with those um, very important needs for the other party. So those four are the ones I, I found uh, that are the most important ones. Yeah, I'm actually curious now to hear your um, your take on, uh, um, you know, bootstrapping versus uh, building something so you can get funding. Like, what's, what's your take on that? Like, uh, do you feel like uh, in the recent years, startups have been sort of like uh, always looking for the next raising round or, or is, do you feel that's the right thing to do? Or what, what is your take on, on this? My personal take is for most companies, that's not the right thing to do uh, because um, when you raise money from an investor, the expectation from the investor is not to have a successful business, but to make money out of it. Uh, so it goes into a different direction uh, than running a business and then bringing value to the world. And also for an, a VC investment to make sense, it needs to really um, to pay out quickly and in, in a big amount. So it needs to be a, some, a company that can scale up very quickly. And most, really most ideas are not, especially in the early stages in the first couple of years, they're not like that. So from my personal experience, what I've seen and and uh read and and talk with people about is uh first start with bootstrap bootstrapping because that pushes you to really understand the user and not relax because you have finances for something but try to deep dive into that problem and and figure out the best way to solve it 
So I'll definitely go for bootstrapping. And that's what I did myself with my two startups. I, I didn't uh, go looking for funding. I, I basically used my own uh, finances and savings. Uh, first time I spent pretty much all of them. Second time I spent a big chunk, but not all. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, and then this teaches you also a lot of lessons. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I myself always uh, a fan of, I mean, obviously there are some cases, uh, many cases in which funding and investment makes uh, a whole lot right. of sense. But, you know, as, as a, in any case, you want to go and you want to find customers. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, there are some products that need a lot of investment <laughs> before that. Mm. But for the most case, for the most part, you, you want to look and you want to see, am I actually able to sell and to, to make customers to find the value in what I do, especially as a startup, uh, when you're not a brand, I mean, if Coca-Cola comes out with a new product, you know, you're a lot more likely to go and buy this product. Right. Yeah. But, but if you're just, uh, you know, uh, Maria from Dusseldorf with her new startup, like it takes a lot more to convince somebody to actually get your product than somebody new on the market. Uh, and it's the beauty of the whole journey, I think to, yeah. to build something that the market wants um and i love the other dimension as you mentioned as well which is you know you mentioned the shortening time to profitability in terms of productivity and you know having the founders in the team to get the most out of their time so so and this yeah. is this is what i actually love to talk about a lot so, so i I'm, know I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to hear some some things that what are some of the mistakes that founders do in terms of um, time management and uh, management resources? Well, first of all, let me say, I also love to talk about the productivity because that's the person that that's the other side of the coin. And, and I'm, I'm also very interested in personal growth and, and how to become better in things. And I think they really go hand in hand. Um, what are the things uh, founders do most often? Well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, I don't read their diaries, <laughs> but um, probably there is, when, when we talk about productivity, I'm thinking about two things. First of all, how quickly you finish a task, and second of all, how do you prioritize which task to finish first? Um, so prioritization, uh, probably some mistakes there, uh, a lot of, we all do right? Uh, where I have more experience and I feel like I can talk more about is um, how quickly can you finish a task? So what I do, for example, is um, I take a, a, a sheet of paper. I'm a very offline person in that sense. I just write down whatever I want to do, whatever I think is important. It's usually no more than five, six things. And then I go and I do it one by one. And it's it's i'm gonna move on to the next thing when the previous one when the current one is done you know so my way is just sit do and until it's done don't you know don't think about something else that that's how i do it a lot a lot of good stuff here um the first uh, thing that i think you you mentioned really well is first first comes the prioritization or in other ways effectiveness what are the things that are most important that matter most that we should prioritize and put as a focus mm -hmm. and only then comes the second part which is how can i do it most efficiently 
in the smartest possible way, using the least resources possible, so we can get the results that we want uh, with the minimum effort. Yeah, and prioritization depends on your goals at the end of the day. So if, if you have different goals, everyone has different goals. So this is it's more personal. You cannot, um, you, at least I, I don't, I wouldn't be able to summarize it so well. Um, but uh, something about the productivity. So I actually know uh, you've talked to uh, Dave Allen, the, the creator of GTD, right? And the getting things done. Um, and uh, I last year went to their uh, conference in uh, Amsterdam. Have you been there? No, I haven't. I actually spoke to him. We had a buy a glass of wine in Austria uh, at a speaker's dinner in the conference called 15 Seconds. Interesting. And, uh, and he did invite me, but it was conflicting with the dates of my own mm -hmm. retreat. I think it was like a few days before my retreat. And he told me, you should come now because I don't know if I'm going to do it again. Uh, I only, I think the last time he did it was 10 years before this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, ah, oh, you know, the dates are like, <laughs> but, uh, but I couldn't make it. So how was it? Uh, it was a uh, very interesting, actually, that's probably the only um, kind of big event that I decided almost immediately that I want to go to. And I, I bought the ticket, like, I think the same day. Uh, somehow it felt it resonated with me from the start, fr from the first line I read. And it's always going to be an example for me how, you know, something can so quickly draw your attention and make you, you know, buy and take an action and go there. Um, it was two days. Uh, there were a lot of international people coming, including an astronaut. I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to go because I thought, well, when am I going to meet an astronaut? Um, and uh, yeah, they, they covered uh, a lot of the topics in the GTD. Uh, and funny thing, when I went there, I realized I'm the only person who has never read the book. So everyone was like, oh, so when did you read it? So when are you practicing GTD? And I was like, actually, I've never read the book. <laughs> Why are you here? And I was like, yeah, it's, it just clicks with me. It just makes sense for me. Um, and um, so, yeah, that, I think I made uh, a lot of people surprised when I went there. <laughs> I can just imagine it's like uh, just a little, you know, GTD cult of people, just uh, everybody. Yeah. So like, like just by the question, when did you read the book for the first time? It just shows how much people are committed, you know, to, yeah. to the whole, but it's awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. I, I love the teachings of David Allen and I love the fact that it's not, you know, getting things done is actually not about getting things done. You know, it, it's about as David Allen would say, being appropriately engaged in anything you do so you get the results that you want. But yeah. it's not about just merely getting things done. You you need to be happy. So mm. I think his approach is very spiritual in many ways. Very mindful approach to productivity. Purpose. Yeah, it's about purpose. It's about, hey, I'm, I'm here with you right now. We're having this live session. I'm 100% here with you. I'm enjoying my time to the best of my ability. <laughs> so, so, and, and, and can, can we actually multiply this in any moment? Um, you know, coming back to startups, can we, can we be appropriately engaged into anything we do? So we pick the most important things that should be done every yeah. single day, every single week. I think startups don't realize, especially early stage startups, how much behind time they are already. 
you're starting a startup, you, you, you're behind time. You're, you're way behind time. You need to make it up from the get-go. You don't have a minute to waste. I'm sorry. You, you well, don't. I think it's really more a competition with yourself rather than with the others because there will always be new companies coming in. And sometimes it's not even, yes, yeah, important to, to be fast, but it's not always about who's first. It's about who does the best. Uh, because this is the, the company that's going to win at the end, the, it's going to win the customers uh, and it's going to have the biggest retention. So, yeah, um, definitely. Th those things are very valid points. Um, yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't say it in a way like, you know, go and rush and just overrush things and overwhelm yourself. I say it in a way, be very intentional about the value of your time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah because that's when for you when you waste two hours or something, these are two hours you could have invested in something. Absolutely, high, high, yeah. high impact results or or sometimes, you know, the, the most productive thing you can do is to, to go for a walk. Yeah, I agree. You know, a lot of ideas come when you actually don't do anything and, and then your brain works out how to con combine things, how to connect the dots that are already there. Uh, so that absolutely, you know, I, I have a lot of ideas come to my mind when I'm falling asleep or, or for example, if I have a problem and I'm, I'm falling asleep with that problem and then in the morning I suddenly wake up with a solution for it. So my brain worked it up in the meantime. I love that. I, yeah. So um, productivity doesn't always mean always doing something. It means being smart about it, how you do it. And specifically for startups, as you said, um, what are they doing? Um, I think a lot of people are trying to chase trends and, and trying to, you know, um, appear in step with, with time and, and uh, kind of interesting. When in fact, so the problems that people have are rather, they're kind of always the same problems. Uh, and, and just the new technology adds a layer of, uh, of uh, complexity or something new, but it's really the same problem. You know, how, how are we more happy? Uh, how do we uh, spend more time with, with uh, our families or, or kids or doing the things that we love? Um, how do we shorten time of profitability with what we do? How do we use our time in the most efficient way? So how do you solve that? Yeah. I agree. And I think actually our book, as, as you, you've seen, because uh, you, you've already pre-ordered it, uh, yeah. it's called Perform the Unsexy Truth About startup success it's, i'm really curious about the book look it's the truth is everybody knows the truth but it's not about knowing it. it's about actually getting it done and not just yes. getting it done once like i mean you wanna you go want to get fit even if you do the best ever practice for a day or two you know good luck getting fit but it's about you know methods and tools and systems are important but i think What's more important is consistency. Absolutely. You know, be willing to, to do the things that are not always fun. Just do it over and over and over and over again. Building the habits of performance, which most people can go and Google them and find them. You know, you have to create a system for yourself where you do them continuously, but, but, but you can find most knowledge. You can ask yeah. people, you can listen to podcasts, you can, you can find mentors, you can, you know, join an acceleration program. There's a lot of those things. At the end of the day, it's up to you and to go and to get it done. Yeah, perseverance. Just uh, show up every day uh, and until luck finds you because you are there. When, when the luck came, you were there. 
So absolutely perseverance. Yeah, after, after, after seven years of hustling, you know, like, you, you know, there's luck coming, like, uh, is yeah. it luck really, right? Or yeah. you being like really committed and working really hard, putting the effort. Um, so, so talking about this, I'm, I'm curious to hear from, from your observations, from your perspective, uh, what do you find as some habits, you know, of, of founders that are really peak performance? I don't know if it's a habit or, or is it just a drive to do it, but I think just keep on learning, just, just keep on looking for new information, not settling down with your opinion on something or, or that whatever you know that that's good enough or that it's always going to be good enough. Things change and, and you, we learn all the time, so uh, we should never really settle up. We should, we should be infinite learners, uh, which is a, a phrase that I first heard when... Um, someone i think it was in elon musk's biography they were describing him infinite learner i really love this phrase so we should become that and then everything else because becomes much easier because uh you're open-minded and whenever you approach something you're just trying to make the best out of the situation and, and then i think also you don't really blame if something goes bad i mean you're not uh, happy about it, but you're not taking it as if this is a beat against yourself. You just did the best you can, you could have done in the current situation. And then, you know, maybe next time with more information, you're going to do better. So it's not something defining in a way. Yeah. In a way, what you're saying is, um, I think the, the book of, how was her name? Carol Dweck. I don't know. I don't know the name. Uh, I'll post in a comment afterwards, but the book Mindset which mm -hmm. is basically exploring the difference between fixed mindset and growth mindset. So basically, have to be in the growth. Basically, growth mindset uh, is uh, as what you're describing. Like nothing is fixed. Like I, I'm open to be challenged from my knowledge. I'm open to learn. I, I'm always looking for no new knowledge i always know that whatever am i right now i can change it i can get better i can grow as opposed to fixed mindset which is basically that's who am i you know that's i can't really change that's my beliefs that's yeah. my stories so i think and that's also yeah i'm sorry to interrupt uh that's also the case for startups uh you know just because you fit in a certain way in the market right now this is not a constant. This is going to change uh, when existing companies introduce new features or change their development or new companies come in. So that's something you also should adopt uh, for your startup if you don't want to be left behind. Uh, and always check uh, where are you, uh, what is your trajectory, how is your tra trajectory changing, and, and adapt to that as well. So it's the same. Whatever you do personal-wise, you should do for your startup. I'm actually also interested, uh, um, you know, because you've been in the in the German scene, startup scene. Um, is there something specific about the the German startup ecosystem that you know everybody knows? Germans love to be very disciplined and and yeah. uh, structured and effective. Like, what are some specific traits of the German startup ecosystem that we can potentially learn from? That's one of the reasons I like living in Germany because everything is so strict and disciplined and people are on time. I, I love this. It's not 
uh, you know, taking any of my own time and it's just allowing me to focus. Order allows you to focus and, and create space for creativity. So I, I like this about Germany. However, I think as an environment, um, people here are still a little bit afraid to try. They're still afraid that a failure means that they failed as a person and not simply that their effort failed uh, or, or, you know, um, so they are kind of um, starting to grow now in the sense of uh, experimenting with things, but they're very, very good in execution and very good in um, showing up and doing the work. So I, I like that. What is the first uh, example that comes to mind for a, for a German startup that uh, shortened time to profitability in a very good manner? Well, here in Bonn, there is one um, very famous, I'd say. Uh, it's called Lean EX. It's an enterprise software. Um, and of course, until you know the story and how actually things work out, you cannot say why why things worked out or what what how come they they shortened their way to profitability. But it's a proof that you can succeed even in Germany, even if people are a bit afraid to try. Uh, and another thing, in Germany also a lot of people um, don't like to, you know, use English so much. They, they kind of like to stick with German. So Lean EX, for example, they, they speak in English, so their official language is English, which is another proof that, uh, you know, you can do it. Uh, and all you have to do is go ahead, persevere, keep trying, and it's going to work out at some point. So that's, that's, I think, a good example that I'm using here locally uh, to, to show to people whenever we're talking about something. And I'm just going to bring you back to the to the habits because uh, I think we spoke a little bit about more like mindset and traits of character. Uh, but um, just to explore together, maybe, I mean, personal habits, you know, personal habits of somebody. What are some of those things that they do on a daily basis that you explored or maybe you're doing yourself that uh, gives you some edge? You know, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but just doing it on a daily basis which are some of those things you explored in the successful founders? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> Very tricky one. <laughs> um, yeah. What are they doing on a daily basis? Well, definitely not get, not being distracted with, uh, with things, right? Uh, staying focused on the important things. So being able to prioritize, uh, but also I think choosing their sources of information wisely and who do they take advice from and, and who do they, follow as an example. I think that's also very important and that distinguishes, um, you know, in general, more successful people from less successful people. Because they say the five people that, that you surround yourself with, um, you're going to be like them. And I think it's the same with what you read. The five things that you read every day, the five sources, they're going to they're gonna, um, form you and then they're going to send you in a given direction. And I think that that's very yeah, that's an important habit, let's say, picking up, being wise about uh, who are you friends with, even if you're not actual friends with them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I recently read the research uh, that was kind of confirming what you're saying. You're not exactly the average of the five people, you know, like maybe it's seven and a half, I don't know. But um, there's a lot of research is done that, for example, if a friend of a friend is smoking, you're a lot more likely to become a smoker as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. For example, so there's so many of those correlations, not just who your friends are, but who are the friends of your friends. Yeah, yeah. They say you can say about a person a lot when you see their friends, who are they friends with? You can judge about the person or, or for example, their girlfriend or their wife or husband or boyfriend. You can you can judge about the person by seeing by seeing them. And I think that's also true. Yeah. Yeah, another really, really good uh, thing that you opened this topic is how good successful founders are in saying no to things. You know, they're, they're so focused, they know what their priorities are. It's it's hard to get these guys, you know, even from early <laughs> stages, like you were like, hey, let's have, let's go have coffee. I'm I'm busy. Yeah, and kindly and nicely, but they're like, "Hey, these are my poor priorities." You know, if I give half an hour for to somebody for a meaningless cup of coffee, it's gonna take me from half an hour of doing the things that I matter most to me. I'm not saying don't drink coffee with strangers and you know collaborate and so on, but it's I think it's if you look at people who are really successful, they're really intentional about their time. Yeah, it's it's a little bit sad when you try to reach out to those people and then they turn you down. Uh, but the reality is you have to, they have to do it. Otherwise, uh, they won't have time to do the work they want to do. So they have to be very clear on their mission and, and just follow through with it. And that's what they contribute to the world after all. We're, that's why we're thankful that they're there. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I think, yeah. I think all of them, all of, like... Everybody's different. Some people like to be more intuitive. They just comes come to the to the office and start doing things, and they just know what there has to be done. Uh, but many people I've been in touch with, they they just prioritize time to to take care of their time, to manage their time. Mm. So they they have they have space. They put space in their calendar, which is basically them locking themselves down. And try to make sense of things and say, all right, how did this day go? What's the progress of the whole team? Where should we go? What are the new opportunities? What should be my focus for tomorrow? Yeah. When, when I'm clear what I'm after, it's a, a lot easier for me to say no to people and things that are distracting us from our core priorities at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I personally don't feel the need to write my priorities in such a way down. Uh, so that's why uh, when you ask me some about some tips on uh, or some mistakes that people do, it doesn't come to mind. For example, I'm not a good, I don't have a journal, you know, I'm, I'm not good at writing those things. Or I, I keep it more open space, but inside me, I know what I'm trying to achieve. And, and I know I'm more intuitive about it, so I don't need to write it down. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. One way or another, you have to have this clarity uh, and understand it. <laughs> so, so what are some of your personal habits? Like, do you meditate? Do you do you have some sort of like a morning routine, or what do you do? My morning routine is just drink coffee and start working. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm really focused at the moment. Uh, and for someone who did so much sport in their life. As soon as I decided, okay, I switched now from sports to actually uh, building a professional career in business. Uh, and then I suddenly kind of stopped being interested in that, in it. So I don't really, um, you know, do a lot of sport right now. 
or, or meditate. I re I'm really focused on, on my work and I'm trying to um, do as much as I can there. However, uh, cooking and cleaning at home and, and having my home really well organized and clean, that gives me like the space to relax and, and my brain to, to work good. I, I cannot explain it, but it's like knowing that everything's all right takes my worry out of it and allows me to focus on other things. So yeah, I guess cooking and, and cleaning and tidying up the apartment is are my two things. <laughs> that that sounds quite handy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. But Just you know, food food is very important. Uh, eating the right food influences uh, how you feel, how your brain works, also getting good sleep. Like I probably sleep eight hours and it's sometimes nine don't feel guilty about it because my brain is then on 120%. So I love this. And yeah. And, and I think that's, that's another thing we should probably emphasize on a little more. I mean, we're talking about how to shorten time to profitability, but I think, I think all these things are connected. You know, Absolutely. If, if you prioritize your physical and mental health, your well-being, and it's so easy to slack. It's so easy to say, Oh, we just have one day uh, with fast food and this, and then there's another day. Then you decide to sleep a little less because you have a deadline and then it becomes a cycle. And all of a sudden you realize I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling tired. You know, we're getting mm -hmm. things done, but, but in the long run, first of all, it's not productive. Yeah. You, you can't be as creative. You can't be producing the results with the same level of effectiveness. Mm -hmm. But also, it's at the end of the day, if you if you sacrifice your health and your well-being to build your company, I don't think it's a good deal. And of course, no. you have some periods. You have some periods. You know, maybe you have a product launch, or like there is you just landed this big customer, and there is like a deadline that you need to reach. Fine, you know, fully focus on getting it done, but be mindful about your decisions. And, yeah. And especially as a leader, as a founder. Everybody follows you, and and the, like even if you don't want it to be like this, people look at you, and you're the example. Oh, you know the the boss, the leader is is eating fast food all the time. You subconsciously start following what the leader does, right? So it's yeah. really important to also have in mind that as a as a founder, as a leader, you're the model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people people take a note of what you do, and they even might base a decision whether they want to work with you or not, uh, based on, on who you are. Um, so, as you said, there's a you know there are periods when you can have you you have to do the sprint and you have to sacrifice a little bit from yourself, but in the long run, it's a marathon. So you really have to save your energy. Make sure you can run the same distance, the same speed tomorrow, and you can run it in one year, in two years, in five years. So absolutely. Um, and I think uh, what I don't like about uh, what some founders and, and startups are doing, they're, they're trying to do this growth hacking in the sense of, uh, oh, right now we're going to really, you know, spend a lot of effort and everything on growing, on marketing. But it's, it's only working short term. In the long run, you need to put a different type of effort, more strategical one. You need to understand your, your customers better. Uh, and then this, in the long run, this is going to really pay out as a result. So in my mind, I'm always focused on the longer run, not on the short result. Even if we're talking about the shortened time to profitability, 
shorten it in the long run, uh, not you know one month from now. What's the usual? What's the usual? I don't know, like time. You know, somebody starting a company now. Uh, I know it's a very general question, but like, what what is a usual time frame for a for a tech startup? Let's say to 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 get to profitability kind of level. Yeah, there is a very handy tool. It's called a, a like profitability calculator where you put uh, how much uh, how much are you going to charge people and what are your finances and those things, and it tells you okay in two years you're going to reach ground zero. And then you're going to start having profits. But you know, those things change with time. Uh, there are expenses you're not, uh, you were not aware you're going to have to do. Um, so let's say you, you start a, a software as a service business, which is a very popular model now for, for some kind of a subscription. I don't know. Let's say you, you make the new Trello. Um, well, there's, there's a lot of building you're going to have to do. Uh, and if you want to push the MVP and monetize that, maybe you'll be able to do it in a couple of months. But then you also have to invest again, create a better version, hire more people. So then you're kind of back into not profitability. So then again, you have to take it to profitability there. Um, I think it's a journey. I think it's not just a single point in time where you're profitable for, for once and for all. Um, how long it takes? I don't know <laughs> if I can answer that question. Well, obviously, it depends a lot on the case. Mm. So, so, I mean, everybody has different product market, uh, so on and so forth. Just wanted to see, you know, like a general overview for people. I think you provided it with, with your answer. Um, and which leads me a little bit uh, speaking about, uh, to speak about team. And do you... Do you find team and you know especially co-founders that you're with as a factor in terms of uh, how long would it take for you to build a successful business? That's a tough question for me because that's the one thing I never managed to do was to find a co-founder. And I think this is for me the hardest thing to do uh, to, to find someone who can commit equally as me uh, and, and be the right person in terms of personality, be the right person in terms of experience and knowledge and that our goals align, that our life journeys align and everything. So I think team is very, very important. Um, and, and, you know, you can have a good or a bad idea. With the right team, you're going to make it eventually. Uh, you're going to find your way to, to a, a good uh, business outcome. But um, if you don't have it and if you're alone, I think it's too much to take on. So that's one of the reasons right now I, I wouldn't go and start a startup because even though I know, you know about strategy, I know what's important and how to do it, you cannot do everything alone. You need someone um, to support you. You need, yeah, you, you need to be a team. Yeah, I mean, there's some people that are exceptional solo founders. But uh, again, studies are showing that the best uh, number of uh, co-founders is two or three. This is the mm -hmm. one with the high success rate. Uh, and this is for the reasons that you mentioned as well, that 
when you're alone, even if you have a team of people to support you, like you're still the lone, the solo founder, right? So you don't have somebody to support you, to motivate you, to leverage responsibilities and so yeah. on. So usually two and three are the golden number. Uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, you cannot make it if you're alone or if you're like four people, maybe um, that could also work in some specific cases. But I think what is important, with which I, I myself uh have been doing as a mistake and i'm super grateful at the moment uh at least i have this one you know like really in place is to really get to know your co-founders and mm -hmm. to to be aligned on not just on skill set and on the vision but also on on more personal things like your values your your belief Absolutely. system uh, do we actually do things the same way? Do we believe in the same things? Do we have yeah. the same values and behaviors? It's kind of like a marriage, right? I mean, you you marry somebody for at least for you know five or ten years or even more. So, do I? You know, last week I I had Ilma from Mailalite, which is now the remote company, and and she mentioned something really really interesting. She said I. You know, I brought these these people to our team retreat, and I was like, you know what? I don't want these people to spend time with my kids. So, so, so they're probably not a good fit for our company as well. And I think many people, myself included, have done the mistake of, you know, getting really passionate about a startup, a product. Maybe they met at a hackathon, or maybe they met somewhere else, and and now they're excited to build something, but they didn't. They don't even know each other. They don't know if they can trust each other. Um, yeah. And they don't know if they have the same set of values and beliefs, the way we look at the world. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, I just wanted to really point it out. And I know you've been a solo founder and <laughs> probably haven't found somebody to, to build something with yet. Uh, but uh, guys, honestly, even if you find the, the most, the, the, the best performer out there, please make sure that you guys are believing in the same things. You see the world the same way before you start building something. And the second part is because I was also been working with partners that are super aligned on the values, but we had different idea about level of commitment. You know, what yeah. for me means we are owing and what for the other person means we owe in is completely different thing. And that came, that brought us a lot of stress, a lot of uh, tension afterwards. And finding a person that is aligned on so many levels is very hard, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah so... I absolutely agree with what you said. <laughs> it's like everybody who's watching you're doomed. You can't can find them. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, no. I think you should, you should have your ideas. You should work on them and think about them and research them. And then look for the people, you know, that might be uh, interested uh, in, in doing it with you and that you might like. Um, it's a search. You just don't shouldn't give up just because right now you don't have all the ingredients. You just look for the ingredients. Um, and then at some point, you know, it's going to work out. And so if we include, yeah. if we include the, the law of attraction in the whole equation, you can, you can also start with the first step, which is basically setting your intention, coming with clarity. If I'm to find a co-founder what are they you know what are their values what uh, what are their skills what what are they looking to build so let me be clear what i'm looking for 
Mm-hmm. I don't care if you believe in law of attraction or the universe, God, whatever it is, but you know, clarity works <laughs> in yeah. everything. That's why personal growth and, and business growth for me are connected. You cannot have one without the other because one guides you for the other. So, yeah. Absolutely with you on that one. And uh, Eva, I want to ask you, what does productivity mean to you? Getting from point A to point B as fast as possible and also ensuring that point B is actually the right point to get to, I guess. If I have to sum it up, this is what it means. Boom. Got <laughs> Boom. It. Connect your dots as fast as possible. Make sure they're the right dots. That's yeah. what I'm so passionate about. I I'm, I'm I can see you there's so much into connecting dots. I, I love that. So so Eva, where could uh, people find you online if they want to learn more about what you do, if they need some help uh, to shorten time to profitability and what actually you can help them with? Uh, they can find me uh, almost on uh, almost all social uh, media networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just write my name, Eva Dimitrova, uh, and uh, I'll pop up. Just send me a message. I'll be happy to chat. Uh, I'll be happy to answer some specific questions you, if you might have or some struggles. Um, and I actually discovered that I have nearly 1,600 bookmarks on my browser, which is mostly you know, useful resources and articles I've read. So uh, I'm pretty sure I have something for most of the problems people come to me. Um, <laughs> Uh, what I can help with is uh, connecting the dots for your startup and, and differentiating yourself and, and yes, shortening your time to profitability by being smart about where you are, what you do and why you do it this way. The four things, uh, market, positioning, customers and marketing and how you talk. This is, this is for me the most important thing. Thank you guys for listening. And if you're looking for somebody to help you step up your team performance and boost your productivity, make sure to check out stoyanyankov.com for online workshop solutions and programs designed to help you go through the current situation in a smoother manner. Stay safe and keep moving forward.